Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Mets at the Movies, the podcast that talks about movies from celluloid to digital and everything in between. I'd like to first wish everybody a happy 2018. We've made it through 2017, and this is day one of 365 that, uh, let's hope, we all have a much better 2018. For some of us, it was a good 2017. For some of us, it wasn't a good 2017. But we can all hope for a better 2018, no matter what your situation is. And we're going to start off looking back at 2017 a little bit right here. We're going to talk about my number one favorite movie of 2017. Now, if you remember in the last podcast, I talked about my favorite movies of 2017, but I only did numbers 10 through 2. The reason why is because I wanted to save the special episode for number 1. But first, we're going to recap our 10 through 2. So as I said, number 10 was a documentary score, a film music documentary. Number 9 was Split. Number eight was Colossal. Number seven was Wind River. Number six was It. Number five, Star Wars The Last Jedi. Number four was The Big Sick. Number three, The Disaster Artist. And number two was Logan. And now it is time to officially announce my number one favorite movie of 2017. And it's a bit of a cheat for some people, not for me. It is the Japanese anime film Your Name. Now, you're probably said for some people who may know a little bit more about, the, about this film, you may be thinking, well, wait a minute. This came out in 2016. It came out in 2016 in Japan. It had very limited releases in the United States, and it didn't come to Canada until 2017. Now, for some people, they may think, a limited release still counts as a release for somebody like myself and probably 95% of the North American audience. We do not live in LA, New York, or Chicago. So we can't see these movies during limited releases. I count a movie's release when it comes to the theater near me or comes to a theater near Toronto, which is only about half an hour, 45 minutes away. That's what I count as the release. And Your Name had a Canadian release in the theater near me in 2017, in about April, I think. So I'm counting it as a 2017 release. It's my list. If you don't like it, go find somebody else's list. Now, this movie was a huge, huge success worldwide. Success that only Studio Ghibli movies see when it comes to Japanese anime critics loved this every critic it has about 96% on Rotten Tomatoes as of now it has grossed 355 million dollars worldwide that puts it at one of the highest grossing anime movies of all time and it is the first I repeat first anime movie to gross over a hundred million dollars not directed by Hayao Miyazaki, which would count for Spirited Away, which was the previous juggernaut of anime films. Anime film. Now, this was written and directed by Mikado Shinkai, 
I hope I pr- pronounced that right. I was trying. I was trying really hard. I was trying really hard to study it, listen to YouTube videos to get it right because I wanted to show the respect that that it deserved. And from what I've been hearing, he's been to- he's been toted as the next Miyazaki. I've been hearing that some of his pre- previous films, which I'm really interested in seeing now, are ju- just as good as the- as this one. And it makes me wish we had more anime releases in Canada. But I'll talk a little bit about that later on and why I love this movie. Now you're probably thinking, what's this movie about? Starts off with a young girl who wakes up one morning and kind of has a weird feeling. She goes to school, she has breakfast with her family, and everybody's saying, hey, you know, are you okay today? Are you, are you, are you feeling okay? Because you were really weird yesterday. And she can't figure out why. She's seeing notes on her book that aren't in her ha- handwriting. She doesn't recall p- putting it there. And she's wondering, like, what, what happened? What happened to me? Another day passes, we find out that there's a young boy who lives in Japan. Now, this young girl, she lives in uh, a rural area of Japan as what they like to call the boonies. And we also get a, a main character, young man, who's in high school in Japan. So you kind of get that fun mix of rural and city kind of dynamics in two different characters. Essentially, what this is, is a body-switching movie. Periodically, throughout the week, each of them will wake up in the other person's body. So right off the bat, you get some, you get some fun comedic elements of what ha- happened. And these two are trying to figure out why all of a sudden they're, they're jumping into each other's bodies. And they figure out that they're actually doing this, and they kind of figure out that they have to work together to figure out what is going on and what's happening. Eventually, they get get to a point where their switching doesn't happen anymore, and and they can't figure out why. So the young man from Japan decides to travel to find this girl. He doesn't know the name of the city, but he recognizes the city, based off of being in her body and he's a really good art artist so he's drawn he's drawn he drew different areas that recognizes and he and he goes on a hunt to try and find her now I'm not going to spoil the rest because the rest of the movie um, takes a really interesting turn and I don't want to ruin it for people because that's one of the best part parts of the film but eventually we find out why they're they're, they're switching bodies. And it takes a unique twist that you don't see in films. You don't see in main, mainstream films. You don't see in... Um, it's, it's hard to find or to think of a movie that ha- is a love story and a time travel movie as well. I mean, you've got the time traveler's wife as well, but I'm talking about like... Something that treats both areas with respect. I haven't seen The Time Traveler's Wife. 
Um, but it just it looks like something that's a little too cheesy. But this treats it with respect, and you're also seeing it at a very you're also seeing it with two indivi- two high school individuals at different times in their life. Now, I love this mo- movie for multiple reasons. One, it is by far, in my opinion, the best looking anime I have ever seen. I haven't seen a lot of anime, but I've seen enough that this is by far the best I've ever seen. At multiple, multiple times throughout throughout the film, you could mistake the image you see on screen for being real. You could also mistake it for being a painting because it just looks that good. Not only that, it's use of colors and it's camera angles, something that you don't see very often from an animated film is it uses camera angles very well to show you what our characters are doing but also showing more into what you can expect in the future. It's very interesting. I, I can't remember the la- last time that I came out of an animated film and thought the camera work was great because obviously they don't use cameras. It's all digital or ha- hand-drawn. So the image, so the camera angle is very much determined by the director and also the animator as well, because the animator has to be able to draw draw this as well. So you 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 have you have you might have a cinematographer on it, but they're not as in control of of what the images are going to look like when they show up on screen. But this is incredible work, incredible work. It also takes its time. And that is what I love about this movie. It's about an hour and 40 minutes long, but it feels longer. It feels like it's about a two-hour film, but not in a bad way because it takes its time. It doesn't rush into the story. It takes its first first few minutes to really establish that something is not right, but we don't know what it is. And then it allows for its characters to grow. Not only its main characters, but its secondary characters as as well. It allows you to get a better understanding of these characters as well because of their relationships with the main people. And you see a real, you see real friendships grow and just how strong they are because of the time it took to establish the characters. As I said, it feels longer, but it doesn't feel like it's wasted time. I kind of wish it was a little bit longer, but I'm super happy with how it ended the way it was. One thing I also notice, and this is about just all films I find from Asian Asian markets, is I love their use of old culture and new culture. So in a lot of these anime films, you have young young people who may not want to celebrate into some of the traditions that their grandparents do, but they do it anyways because it's part of the family. The way that a lot of the houses look, 
the way that a lot of the cities are built, they still have a lot of that classic old culture in mind. And I love seeing that. I love seeing the progress. I, lo- I just love how they use old culture with new ideas. And it's something you don't see in North American films. You either see movies that are rooted in Westerns, slavery times, um, even going for further than that, their, their sole purpose is to be in that area. Or you get a lot of movies nowadays where it's all rooted in new times. So anytime you see a movie that's based in like in New York or L.A., it's all very now. It has to be hip. It has to be what people are talking about now. When you get outside of those and you get into rural areas, they tend to use classic or older culture to show decay. So when you go into other films that are outside of these major areas, these major metropolitan areas, they use old culture as a way to see, look where we came from, but we don't want to go back there. So a lot of the a lot of old houses are beat, beat up, they're torn down. A lot of small towns that used to be thriving are now ha, are now just void of humans void of people nobody's going through through them anymore nobody's driving so a lot of times when you see old culture in north american films it's used as a look at how bad we had it but look at how great we have it now whereas you get with a lot of asian films you get look at what our world is now because of what it was back then. And look at how great our lives are now because we're still celebrating traditions from back then that we're able to bring into our daily lives. And I love that. I love culture. I love, you, you almost come out of watching a lot of these films, learning a little bit about the history of that area where it was filmed. And it's great. Also, the music. The music in this is fantastic. I know I use fantastic a lot, but the music in in this is really good. It doesn't overpower the film, but it utilizes, but the film utilizes the music so well that it lifts up, up the film. And that's what music is supposed to do. It's supposed to lift up the. It's supposed to help lift up your film, and and help guide you through different emotions. If you can't tell what the what is on on screen, so you get a lot of like sad tones when there's a sad scene because one it helps emphasize how sad it is, and we also get and a lot of people get more emotional responses from music than they do from visual stimulates stimulants and the music in this is really well done even the kind of upbeat pop music they have a few songs in here done by an actual band and um, it's really good it's really fun it's really upbeat and it it really lifts the film up great this movie is also really really chart charming it seems at times like it, it it wants to tackle very adult 
concepts, but it it lifts it it adds charm to the scenes. And when it adds the charm, you almost think they're trying to make it kitty for you. They're trying to downplay it. They're trying to make it simple for people. But the charm helps emphasize how great the scene is and how important the scene is, is as well. And you can't come out of this without smiling, laughing, crying a little bit at least. And what's great about this film is because it has a unique twist, a unique take, you can watch it a second time and it feels a little bit like a different movie because when you're watching it and you obviously have no idea what's going on, you miss things. But when you watch it a second time, after knowing what comes up, you tend to pick up little hints here and there. And you're like, oh, I miss that. I miss that. I miss that. Oh, that's really cool. Oh, so that's what they're talking about. And when you see this with other people who haven't seen it, but you have, you'll kind of get a kick at seeing their reactions on certain things, knowing that you know the truth. And then you can kind of look and be like, oh, I felt that same way when you heard that line. But once you know the ending, you'll know it to be very different. And it's a fun it's a fun game. And the best m- movies, I think, allow for a second repeat that offers just as much enjoyment as the first time you saw it. I mean, nothing can ever top the first time you experience anything. But if a second viewing is able to give you a new perspective and a new enjoyment, it's done its job. And hearing how much I love this and how big Spirited Away is, I was actually able to see Spirited Away on the big screen a few months ago. And then seeing the, this movie on the big screen as well, it, may, it makes me think about wh- how and why animated films, are, animated films that are developed here in North Amer- America, like your Pixar's, DreamWorks, Sony an- Animations, why... You know, your Disney films. Well, Disney films, we know why, because it's got a a brand, a history behind it. But why are North American animated films so accessible and so beloved and so enjoyed? I mean, Boss Baby, it's a funny take on it. I haven't seen it. But I can tell you that your name is probably a better animated film than than Boss Baby. And this movie earned a ton of money at the North American box office. I think it's nominated for a Golden Globe, but Golden Globes aren't real for best animated film. But yet when you get these animated films that are so good that just can't crack the North American market as well as it should... Why Why are these North American studios doing so well and yet these other studios outside can't really crack? I mean, just look at um, who is the studio that made Kubo and the Two Strings. And let me find this out right now because this is another studio that has put out some incredible films um 
but just can't seem to really break it because Kubo and the two, 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 two Strings is one of the best animated films I've ever seen, and it was incredible. But again, for some reason, it didn't crack as well as it should. And it was done by Leica. That's it. They're the stu- studio. And they put out some really good movies. Paranorman is an incredible film. It, it's surprisingly deep. Caroline, I've never seen, but I heard really good things. Kubo and the Two Strings, fantastic. And they're based out of, and they're even based out of Oregon. They're based out of the United States. But yet these films are are probably, in my opinion, better than your Pixar, than, well, maybe not your, your Pixar's, but better than your Sony Animation, your DreamWorks films. But because they're a unique and a different style compared to your 3D animated films, they can't seem to really click as much as they should. I mean, Kubo and the Two Strings only made $77 million. And that's a shame because it is by far one of the best animated films in the last few years. So why is it that these 3D films are getting so big but when a studio tries to do something different like a like an a- anime film hand-drawn um stop mo stop mo- motion 3d pu- puppetry it can't crack it's interesting because these people are missing out on some great films now i want to hear if anybody else has seen this film i know that i've talked about it a bunch but I don't know it, how many people have actually seen this, or at least people that I know have seen it. But I want to hear what people say, because I think this is a fantastic film. I know that at times you get the uh, cliche anime tropes. But I don't feel like this movie falls into a lot of those tropes. There are times where it inches towards them, but it doesn't go full-blown enough that you are taken out, out of the film. It seems like everything is used for a specific reason. And I was able to see this film on the on the big screen as well. And if you can, you know what? If you can see anime films on the big screen, see it. Because a lot of these anime films utilize color so well that when you see it on a big screen... It pops, and it looks beautiful. So that is my take, and the reasons why I think Your Name is my favorite movie of 2017, and one of the reasons why I think it jumped over Logan, because I was battling between Logan and Your Name all year round, and I couldn't figure out which one was which, and I think the reason why I enjoyed your name was because I'm not used to seeing an anime feature film and the unique, at least here in Canada and the unique factor behind it pushed it up above Logan because I've seen Westerns. I've seen comic book book films. You don't see a Western comic book film done well. And I say done well because Jonah Hex is not good. But you see less of an anime film. 
And I think that unique factor that I was, I was, it wasn't even on my radar. I had heard, I had heard some people talk about it um, in LA, people I follow on Twitter talking about it. But I, I didn't really have a whole bunch of interest in seeing it. Actually, when it came to the theaters in Canada, I was going to see a different movie that Sunday. And I got a message from a friend of mine saying, hey, there's an anime teen body swapping mo- movie in theaters. Do you want to go? And I said, for sure, let's go. So I might have not, not even gone if I wasn't in, invited. But when I was walking to the theater to see the other film earlier in the day, I actually had my friend who I was seeing a movie with in the morning ask your name. I've never even heard of that. So I had to explain it to him. So it's even funny that my favorite movie of the year, I might not have even seen unless it was for a friend of mine inviting me. So it's, it's kind of fun to think about where things come from and how things happen. So that is my take. I know I've said this probably once before, but that is my take and my opinion on the 2017 Your Name and why it's my number one movie of the year. As I said, I'd like to hear what other people think. I want to hear if there's other people who have seen this before. And I want to hear people kind of say, I never I never even heard of this until you talked about it. Now I'm interested in seeing this. I want to get this movie out more, more often. My next podcast, I'm going to try and do my most anticipated films of 2018. Because there's a lot of movies that look really interesting and really good. And one of the reasons why I want to do it is because at the end of the year, I want to see which movies were great and which movies were not. So we're going to have some fun with that. And let me know what your most anticipated films of 2018 are. But that is me ending our show today. And as always, I will see you at the next screening.